Welcome to the Transit Lounge. I'm your host, Chandra. As a recovering workaholic, I want to explore how you can do more of what you love without burning out. I'm on a mission to promote true well-being, the contented state of being happy, healthy, and prosperous. Through interviews with savvy entrepreneurs, authors, and industry experts, we'll share insights, inspiration, and practical tips on how you can be CEO you in the business of your life. Let's go. Hello again. Thank you for being here and listening. Uh, I really appreciate you being on board. Before we get into today's episode, I just really want to say a couple of quick shout out thank yous to a, a few people who have done ratings and reviews for the podcast so far. I really appreciate you taking the time to do that and to give that feedback. I really want to say thank you so much. Um, Joe Burgess, thank you so much for your review and rating. Claire Cameron, you said that I sucked you in with the business of CEOU. I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that. Um, and Carolyn and also Sam, thank you so much for taking the time to do a review and rating. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Now, today's episode is, um, we're mixing it up a little bit from what we covered off in last week's episode. Today, we are going somewhere where people often don't like to go, and we are talking about money. Off the back of Valentine's Day in February and Mardi Gras in Sydney uh, just last week, for me, you know, it can, has felt a little bit like the topic of love, um, it seems to be a bit everywhere at the moment and I guess no matter if you think that Valentine's Day is the best day ever or it's just you know commercial crappy excuse to try to get people to buy chocolates and flowers uh, and extortionate prices for dodgy meals the thing is that relationships are all around you and there's one often secret kind of relationship that actually does deserve some special attention from you and that is your relationship with money. Now, I got really immersed in learning about particularly women and money and their relationship with money after I was diagnosed with severe adrenal fatigue. I had worked myself pretty much into the ground, um, staying on a treadmill, earning a solid six-figure salary that supported Mick and my sort of Sydney lifestyle. But then I got to a point where I was just pretty fried and fortunately, we were in a position where I was able to make the decision to quit my job and we were able to still maintain our lifestyle whilst I started my coaching business. And that wasn't without its you know, consequences or, or impact, but it was comfortably doable. And when I resigned I had and said that's what the plan was, I had so many people say to me, oh, I really wish I could do that. You know, if I had the money... I would definitely quit my job to do something new for sure. And then there were other people who I knew had health issues that were actually really not being helped by the work they were doing, who just had to keep doing it just to pay their bills. So I started to get really curious about how to help people change that, to give them more of a sense of choice. You know, I thought that if we could remove the money obstacle that was keeping people doing something they didn't like, or worse still, was making them unwell, then that would just open up a whole new sense of opportunity and choice. 
So that's when I trained as a money breakthrough coach and developed the Women and Money program, which I run now. And through that training, I learned for the first time that you have a relationship with money. I hadn't really heard that described that way before, but you have a relationship with money whether you like it or not. The question is, is it a positive and growing relationship or a destructive one that's actually sabotaging your results? Because we all grow up and absorb money stories that we sort of see, hear and feel around us as we're growing up. And most often these stories form beliefs in our minds about people who have money, what money is, what it isn't, what you do with money and what's okay to spend money on, what's not okay to spend money on, who has it, who doesn't have it. Now, these beliefs and stories then basically play out throughout your whole life in many different areas as well as your results with money. And mostly, these stories and beliefs are unconscious. You simply don't realize that what you believe to be true is heavily influenced by those very early childhood years and what was true back then may not necessarily be true for you right now and potentially it's time for an upgrade. Now, when you start to get curious and explore what your money stories and beliefs are, you're going to be then able to make a grown-up decision about if those beliefs and stories are still serving you and helping you to grow in the direction that you want to go or if they're crappy stories that you have outgrown and you can move on from. Basically, if you're not getting the results that you want with money, then looking at your money stories and the origin of your money stories is a really good place to start. Because if you don't do that, you can just end up repeating the patterns of your past and your upbringing over and over again. Even if you try to tell yourself to do something different. Have you ever noticed that? Where sometimes you can intellectually know something needs to change, but you still find yourself defaulting to the same old behavior. So just telling yourself that you want something different doesn't magically make it happen, especially if what you say you want is in conflict with a deeply held belief that you have had for many, many years. So have you ever said to yourself anything like, oh, I can't afford it or avoided a conversation with someone about money? What about if you work for yourself? Have you ever undercharged and over delivered for your time or your services? Have you fallen into a bit of a habit of not paying your bills on time and then getting hit with a late fee, which, it, which means it costs you more? Or have you ever bought something and spent more than you intended to spend, but just you were telling yourself that, oh, I deserve it. And then you had buyer's remorse kick in because you know that you overspent. Now, all of these, pretty much most people have done some of them, if not all of them. And all of these are signs that you may not have the most positive relationship with money that you could have. I know for me, there were many of these things where I started noticing, oh, there's a bit of a pattern here and what is that suggesting? And it just got me on the road of being curious to find out more so that I could have the choice to change it if I wanted to. Now, your relationship with money is the way you think about, treat, pay attention to and talk about your money and money in general. And it has a huge influence on the results that you get. So a strong, positive relationship with money 
can help you to feel just more confident in handling your money and building financial security and freedom. On the flip side, a negative relationship with money can show up in a whole lot of money drama, uh, a sense of lack, paying bills late, never feeling organized or feeling like there's never enough money for you to do the things that you want to do and have. And to be honest, a lot of women have outsourced their money situation and their money management to others in their lives, maybe to a partner or an accountant. And they just tell themselves that they don't really need to worry about it, that it's sorted and, you know, um, that they're not good with numbers so much and so they just don't want to know. But the good news is that I think that this is changing and maybe that's just because of the, the work that I do and the conversations that I have. But I also saw a study recently that said that 75% of women want to learn more about money and investing. And interestingly, only 25% of women are inclined or open to discussing their spending habits with others that are close to them. You know, so this, we don't really have very many people that we can talk to about what's going on in our money lives, or if we do, it tends to err on the side of drama. There's an author and um, philosopher, I think she's re regarded as a bit of an intellectual, called Anne Rand, and uh, she wrote a book called The Fountainhead, and a quote of hers that I came across recently that I really liked is that she said, money is only a tool. It will take you wherever you wish, but it will not replace you as the driver. What I love about that is that it actually squarely lines up with the whole concept of being CEOU. No one else is going to rock up and take care of this for you. And if they do, you're at risk if you don't know enough to be informed and make good decisions. Something that I hear quite often from women is that they say, oh, when I start earning more, then I'll get a bit more organized and on top of my money, or I'll start to consider savings, things like that. But the reality is, no matter how much money you are earning, you are still the driver. And it's a false belief to tell yourself that all of a sudden, you're going to develop these skills and an approach to money that will be completely different when you feel like you're earning more. Because often what happens is when you earn more, people just spend more. So no matter what amount of money you are earning now, the way you manage that money, are organized with that money, is only going to be replicated at a different level if you do start earning more because you are the driver. So how can you start to discover what your relationship with money is to know and decide whether or not you would benefit from an upgrade to that relationship? So it's been said that there are three elements to a positive relationship with money. One is your ability to earn or create money. Two, your ability to keep money. And three, your ability to grow money. Now over time, you wanna be able to develop and be strong in all three of those areas and the starting point is to make it important enough for you to explore what's actually happening for you now and in what areas or ways might you want to improve your mindset, your knowledge or confidence and practically what it is that you do with your money, your savings, your bank account, bill payment, etc, etc. So I've got three quick tips for you. 
of how you can get started with this because your relationship with money and your results with money are what's called generative. They evolve over time. It's not a one-time tick the box done kind of thing, unfortunately. We would all love it if that was the case, but it doesn't seem to work that way. It's an ongoing, evolving relationship that you have. So number one, how you can get started is to look at your results. So the results that you have in your life now are a, a reflection of the beliefs that you have. So if you have a sense of confidence with money, you feel ordered and organized and pretty happy with your financial situation, then it's fairly safe to suggest that your beliefs around money are serving you well. That's great. If on the other hand, you have a level of debt that you're not comfortable with, for example, or you're regularly um, behind and paying bills late and you just don't seem to be able to earn the amount of money that you would like, and even with the money that you do earn, it just seems to go and you don't feel like you're consciously organized and making choices about where that money goes, then those sort of results suggest that you would probably benefit from a money relationship upgrade. Now, for me, when I look at this, I can notice that in some areas of my life, I've achieved some great and potentially, you know, really positive results with money. I have a history of being paid pretty well for the work that I do. Um, even through a couple of significant career changes and evolutions. And Mick and I have a number of um, properties as part of our investment strategy, which is really great. That's something we wanted to have and have worked towards and have. But on the downside, I definitely notice a pattern of, even through the career reinventions that I've done, of getting to a point of maxing out my earning potential by having the work that I do be linked to how physically hard I'm working, which is really what led to my adrenal fatigue. And potentially there's something around my ability to grow money being capped or something. Because as whilst we have a, a lot of um, real estate investments, we probably would really benefit from more diversity, maybe into a bigger share portfolio or something as that's really an area that I haven't gone into much yet and so I'm not sure exactly but it suggests that these sort of results link to stories I've probably been telling myself about money from when I was growing up. So I'm one of six kids and you know you can probably imagine that having six kids in the family that would have had an impact on the experience of money that I had as I was growing up around how much money there was to go around etc all of which still plays out in different ways, even though I'm an adult now, and it shows up in the results that I have so far. And the same is true for you. So for you, have a look. What results have you created that you think are potentially positive and working well for you around finances and money? And is there anywhere where you haven't created the results that you would really like to in terms of your finances? And just start to get clear around that just as a starting point. So that's tip number one. Tip number two is to reflect on your early experiences of money. So literally just asking yourself, what do you remember about money from when you were a kid? Was money talked about when you were growing up or not? And what was you know, the general vibe around money in your home and your community where you grew up? It can be really insightful to reflect back on those earliest memories of money as they can provide some clues around the sort of influence that you were exposed to and how that has and potentially has informed your current beliefs and the results that you've gotten so far. So I've got a couple of memories that stand out for me. 
one was from when I was pretty young, maybe, I don't know, six or seven or something. My sister Jacinta and I would sometimes stay at my grandparents' place and my granddad, we called him Pop-Pop. Um, I think that was my eldest sister. She invented that name and we all stuck with it. Anyway, he we would, would stay at their place. He would let us comb his hair and in exchange we would get paid 10 cents. I know, huge. And so sometimes... Also, if he was feeling generous, uh, we could give him a neck massage after combing his hair, but a neck massage with Denkara, which is, if you're listening overseas and you don't know that brand, it's like a um, almost like a methylated heat sort of cream, a really kind of stinky smell. Anyway, so we could give him a neck massage with Denkara, and that was like 20 cents. So funny when I think back how vividly I remember this. <laughs> anyway, but I think that's kind of the first time that I remember earning money, doing something and knowing I was going to get money for it. Because then once we got our money after the hair combing and neck rub, he would drive us to a, a shop, like a deli kind of shop, and he would buy beer next door and we would be in the the deli and literally spend what probably felt like days to him with my sister and I trying to decide what to buy with our coins. Now back then, you actually could buy something for 30 cents. And I remember it was a big decision. Did I want sweet or savory? And were Jacinta and I going to share what we bought or just buy our own things? You know, so it's interesting we're sharing this story with you, but it makes me kind of realize that maybe that that's contributed to my approach around decision-making with spending because I generally, but most often would say I'm pretty considered in my spending um, very similar to how I think I was back in that deli. Mm, interesting. So what about for you? What's your earliest memory of money? Maybe it's the earliest memory you have around earning money or there was something that, that happened, an event that was around the concept of money. Remember, there's no good or bad around this. It's just what it was and what it has become for you. So just maybe reflect on that and consider what are those early memories and can you see any link towards it having created any habits or patterns that still play out for you now? So that's tip number two. And tip number three, what would be great is for you to choose something to upgrade because no matter what your current relationship and results are with money, you can always benefit from an upgrade. Everyone loves an upgrade, right? So after all, you know, the more successful you are with money, the more people you can help. So why would you not want to be continuing to upgrade your relationship and results with money? Now, a good practical way to do this is to look for something in your life that you are tolerating. So it could be a physical thing or an emotional thing. It might be a handbag that's getting a bit kind of worn or um, you know, who's got a broken strap or something like that. Or it could be a pair of shoes that are, you know, again, getting a bit old or worn or not comfortable anymore. It could be your car, cosmetics, food that you buy. It could be something to do with your house or around the house. It could be a negative relationship or a pattern of communicating that's just not giving you the level of satisfaction or a feeling of, you know, positivity and abundance that you deserve. If it has a feeling that's a bit meh, then it could benefit from an upgrade. Now, I'm not suggesting that, you know, everything in your life has to be, you know, top of the line or Louis Vuitton or whatever, but hanging on to things that are old, a bit ratty, broken, or that don't fit well, or that you just don't like, 
has a cumulative effect of bringing you down and it sends the message that you're not worth more than that and that there's not enough money to improve those things or to invest in yourself. You know, so recently I was talking with a friend the other day and she was talking about how her husband had made a comment to her that she really needed to buy new underwear. And she responded by saying, yes, she really knew that she did need to buy new underwear. But then she was sharing with me that whenever she thought about buying some new underwear, she remembered that her daughter needed new socks for school or a dress for the weekend or whatever, some other purchase that took priority over her own underwear. And as ridiculous as that may sound, I know that she's not alone in that. In fact, the, the other day I saw a G-string of mine in my underwear drawer the other day that actually looked like it was some kind of wobbly pasta or something. It was so stretched and the elastic was just like worn. It's just embarrassing even that I'm, I'm now thinking about it. But in that moment, I thought, whoa, that looks a bit dodgy. But then I said to myself, oh, no, but they're just my gym knickers. And so they stayed in the drawer. In fact, they're still in the drawer. What the hell is up with that? Well, okay, I really need to get rid of them. <laughs> so but what, what is that about? I'm not silly. I know this stuff. I teach this stuff. And yet every now and again, it still shows up for me because this is lifelong learning and actioning to reprogram the training of around my upbringing about being frugal. So, wow, okay, that's another overshare probably. Um, but do you have anything that you're tolerating or that you think could benefit from an upgrade. You might have some dodgy worn underwear that you wanna upgrade, but at the very least, just choose one thing to throw out or one thing to upgrade. And it might seem a little bit simplistic and funny, and you know, I've shared a, a silly story there, but it actually sends a really powerful message about what you are worth. And that has a ripple effect into other areas of your life. So just do it. And I would love for you to share a post or a picture of whatever it is that you chuck out or upgrade in the private Facebook group, which is, if you haven't joined already, would love you to. It's called the Transit Lounge, being CEO you in the business of your life. When I actually get out those, my dodgy gym knickers, I'll put a photo in there as well. So lucky. <laughs> Hopefully through today's episode, you can see that your relationship with money is a huge driver on your results and so looking at your mindset continually is a really important thing to do your money stuff is not just a one-time thing it's a lifelong process of your awareness and insight and then the action that you take to hopefully create a sense of spiraling upwards towards the sort of reality and results that you want to experience now, I'll be sharing more resources and activities that can help you with that in coming episodes as well, as well as in the private Facebook group. So hopefully this has given you a couple of ideas and things that you can do to start improving your relationship and results with money. And I really look forward to connecting with you in the Facebook group or somewhere else in the future. Thanks for listening to The Transit Lounge. If you liked it, please do me a favor and leave a review so I can keep doing more episodes for you. And come and say hi in the private Facebook group, The Transit Lounge, being CEO you in the business of your life. I really look forward to connecting with you there. And until then, do whatever you can to create a future that you will love through the choices you make today.